Welcome to Living a Better Life podcast with your host, Madeline Golick. This is a weekly podcast exploring a variety of topics on how you can live a better life, not just physically, but in all aspects of what it means to be human living in a modern world. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not replace professional or medical advice. This podcast is sponsored by Ecophysiotherapy, where their mission is to educate, empower, and rehabilitate you back to health. Without further ado, please enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody, back to the show. So today's podcast, we're going to focus in on helping our young uh, children um, perform and learn better um, if they're experiencing any struggles or any difficulties. And we're going to kind of dive deeper into this topic to really figure out how we can help children and help parents of children um, who may or may not be having some some learning difficulties. Um, today, my podcast guest is Vanessa Hurst. So welcome to the show. Hi, Madeline. Thank you for having me. So Vanessa, I want to start with um, what do you think is, so what is it about the school system that is leaving some kids behind? Like why, why, why might some kids be struggling in the current school structure? Um, you know, some are struggling and some are not. Do you have any kind of thoughts, ideas? I do. I often talk to people about how the school system is on an escalator. So they're continuously moving. It's a never ending stop. So if your child is having difficulty, there's no way to actually shut the escalator down. They just keep moving forward. And the hope is that they'll catch up. When your child has a learning difficulty of any kind, the escalator can be challenging for them to manage. Right. Because it's it doesn't really slow down to even let them catch up, right? Because it's just kind of moving. So I guess if I'm understanding this concept correctly, it's like I'm learning a math problem, like, you know, two plus two, and then I'm moving forward. Um, you're saying that there's no pauses yes, in order to let the child, you know, get the concept of addition. Meanwhile, the kids are already on division. Correct. Okay. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of like the concepts are moving and there's really, it's not like they, are they looping back? I'm sure they're, In the classroom, there is some review, but when you're talking about a child who's having trouble, often it's not enough review. So they will, you know, the cycle generally runs where they'll introduce a new concept, they'll talk about a new concept for a few days, they'll work on it, and they'll build upon that skill and move to the next one. But there's no, you know, if your child is struggling with two plus two, there's no stopping because eventually they'll go two plus two plus two times four divided by four. And right. the expectation is that you already have mastered the two plus two. We've spent enough time on it. We've done some review, but we're still moving forward, right? We only have so many days in the year where curriculum has to be managed and there's only so much time. So they have no choice but to keep going forward. Right, mm-hmm. right. Which I imagine, you know, for a child who's, you know, struggling, that can be kind of really distressing, right? Because you know, these concepts are, yeah, the concepts are moving forward. Um, and I imagine that like once they've gotten it so far up the escalator that at some point that child might even tune out, right? Like, it's just like, 
I, I imagine like if I'm not understanding the concept, well, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm going to have a hard time staying focused. Sometimes it means focus. It's often a confidence issue more. Okay. So the confidence starts to lag before, um, the complete understanding of the picture happens. So with children, uh, some children, not all children, but with some children who are struggling and who need the extra help, they require the extra time. And when that's not given to them within the classroom, then their confidence starts to, to struggle. And by the time they're in grade three, their peers become much more important. So at that point, they're starting to make comparisons between themselves and others. And that self-awareness really does drive their confidence down. And then their interest in learning definitely changes. Right. And I imagine, you know, I, I, I'm going to safely assume most parents want to, to, to see their children succeed. They want to see, they want to support them. They want to help them along, uh, along the way. But certainly if the school system sort of set up in an escalator, that sort of, you know, leads them feeling like, where do I, you know, how do I, how do I help my child? So, um, you know, let's talk a little bit about, you know, tutoring, right? So we're talking about, you know, like tutoring outside of the school system. What, what makes tutoring so valuable? Tutoring is an amazing resource for parents. They have the option to have one-on-one tutoring, small group tutoring. So the general idea is that the focus is specifically on their child. So wherever their child is having trouble, the focus can be directed. When you want to stop and go over one concept, you have the time. When you have a tutor, you have someone who is willing to do that for you and with your child. Absolutely. Now, the type of tutoring style that you've gotten into, if I understand correctly, is called direct instruction. Yes. What is that? Direct instruction uh, is amazing, in my opinion. It has about 40 years of scientific research behind it. It was developed by two gentlemen in the United States who felt that inner city school children who were missing a lot of time needed something to help them manage the absences. So it in and in turn it works for children who have uh, learning difficulties or who have a weak working memory. So when they need the extra help, there's so much repetition that's built into the program that they're not missing any of the steps. Okay. Direct instruction is really interesting. Um, it's neat in that we're taking the stairs. So when we talk about the analogy that refers to the escalator, right? The school has ten months um, minus holidays to. Uh, ensure a child has the full curriculum in that time frame. Whereas direct instruction goes on the premise that nothing uh, has been mastered and that every step has to be developed. And once that step is, is mastered, then we take this. So it's like going up the stairs. So we're taking one stair at a time before moving to a new difficulty, uh, gradient and difficulty. We're actually plodding up the stairs one at a time. Excellent. So in the case of our little like math equation, right? Like mm-hmm. we would be mastering the simplicity of like addition two plus two equals. And then once they sort of have built uh, a mastery of, of the concept of addition, only then would you the, take the next step, which might be talking about subtraction. And then once you've mastered that, 
then you might move into, you know, division or, you know, or, you know, like what you're yes. saying is every, um, however long it takes to master it is how long you're going to spend in that concept before you move up the steps. Yes. It's much slower. I mean, it's, it's definitely slower than a lot of other tutoring styles, but the idea is that without the mastery, we're not really achieving anything because we can take your child and we can teach them how to do, you know, complicated uh, equations, but doing that in turn means that they need all those other steps. And if there are gaps in their holes, imagine scaffolding going up and you're trying to stand on it at the top and you're missing nuts and bolts. You know, you're not, the platform isn't going to be stable enough for you to manage that. Right, right. So you're you're thinking build the foundation so that the structure that it's on is not sand. Yes. Right, where at some point they may come down. In this case, it's like, okay, we're going to make sure the foundation part is very strong and sturdy, and then we'll start building a house on top of that. Definitely. Okay. How, How did you come to learn about this method? I went through a period in time I had studied microbiology, had gone into that field, and had found that although I enjoyed being in the lab, I was missing something. There wasn't the same passion that I had started with. And I guess like many people today, I opted to change careers. And I started, um, I became an aunt actually, and it was the most enlightening moment in my life. Those boys of mine, I call them mine, my sister allows me to, um, are amazing. And it was thrilling to see the changes and how um, just a little bit of time and energy made such a huge difference with them. I started working with a family of four. The youngest had an LD or learning difficulty, and he was seeing someone who offered uh, this particular methodology. And it was amazing to see him go from crawling in his reading skills to walking to running. And he was flying through these programs and yet everything else and every other methodology, he struggled. It was quite exciting to see that process. And so um, I went back to school. I went into the linguistics program and was offered a volunteer position within the school where these children were working. I, uh, the principal actually at the school was quite great because she had said there was a university program offering um, eligible students the opportunity to work a certain number of hours at the school and learn about teaching. So I kind of coupled that student and helping that family with the teaching components and found my passion. Mm -hmm. Amazing. It's so wonderful when like things kind of seemingly come, you know, opportunities just like plop into place and everything Mm -hmm. kind of, kind of uh, redirects your life when, especially when you're just like, well, I'm not really sure what I'm doing and crazy changing my career. And like, what is this all going to mean? And then Mm -hmm. the universe, you know, kind of opens, uh, opens the doors there for you. So we're t- so you were mentioning, um, you know, children with learning difficulties. Is this method only for children with learning difficulties? Like, or is it helpful to really anybody? It's helpful to really anybody. We just tend to 
most of our children, when they're coming to us, have either been diagnosed um, or are uh, are behind, significantly behind in the classroom. Like we're talking a year or two years sometimes. Um, it's it's interesting. It, yeah, it works for anybody. That's it amazing. Does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. When we say learning difficulty, what what does that mean? Um, is is the, uh, I'm assuming they're already coming to you, like you know, they're coming to a tutor already. Like, are they coming already diagnosed, or are you sometimes okay? I shouldn't say most of the time they are coming to us and they've already been diagnosed. So a learning difficulty um, refers to a diagnosis that's been given by a child psychologist, you know, whether it's um, an attention deficit issue, so ADD, or it's a decoding or a processing issue. There are, there, I mean, there are taught tons of different uh, learning disabilities available, but generally it, it needs to be, well, it definitely needs to be diagnosed by uh, a child psychologist who uh, the parents or their teachers will have noticed the significant delays and that no amount of regular help is, is helping their child achieve uh, success. They are then referred and the testing is done and uh, diagnosis is achieved and then they generally um, then require certain methodologies. That's the best part about a child psychologist is that when you have a diagnosis, you actually get to learn how your child learns. You know, at one point it was considered a negative, but it's actually quite a positive because it allows everybody in that child's life, within the education system in particular, an opportunity to teach to that child's specific needs. Right. Teach in a way that they're going to learn and and understand. And success. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and like I said to you, I mean, most people, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Most parents want success for their for their children. And certainly it's understandable that that could be, you know, um, challenging road to working toward, um, to working toward a diagnosis, but certainly having one may actually shed light on, well, that doesn't need to be a limitation, right? No, it's not a limitation. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Right. We want to strengthen, you know, um, what, they're capable of doing and really help build their confidence in that. Um, Do you have any tips maybe for parents on how they can better support sort of their child's learning and ability? Like, is it just the tutor doing the work with the child? Like what can parents do? Cause I, I know sometimes it's really hard when you sort of feel helpless and you're not really sure. So I thought, you know, there might be some parents listening and could kind of benefit from a few tips. Advocate. Okay. Advocacy is the biggest opportunity for you to ensure your child gets everything they're supposed to. If your child has a a diagnosis, uh, usually what happens at school, there'll be an IEP put in place, which is called an independent education plan. And the idea behind that is we're saying, within the public system or the private sector actually, that this child needs extra time in tests. This child needs their work chunked into smaller bits. Uh, This child needs um, instruction given, you know, two at a time and then a check-in needs to happen if it's a, a memory issue. And in order to ensure that everybody's on the same page, the parent needs to be advocating. 
you need to come in and say, hey, my child isn't getting this information. You know, at the very beginning, they're not getting the information. How come my child is so far below the rest of the grade level? Why is my child's behavior changing? What, um, what can I be doing at home? How can I be helping? And then once everything is sorted and they have the answers to those questions, then the parent needs to advocate and make sure their child is actually getting all of their resources. So there needs to be some um, accountability, right? They want to ensure that everybody's on the same page. And over time, as the child grows, they can learn to advocate for themselves. But in the beginning, mom needs to do that. It's like, or mom and dad needs to do that. It's like when your child is on the playground and they're learning how to interact with other children, it's sort of running the same way, except now we're learning how your child's brain works. And this is how they learn. And these are the skills that they need. And so we want to make sure they're getting everything. Perfect. And as a parent, that's what you're looking to do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, now, in this particular tutoring style, are the children being given um, homework that they have to do on their, I mean, is there extra homework for them or Sometimes. is it just, okay. Not always. Uh, the direct instruction methodology is really interesting in that the formatting, so for a child coming into DI, usually we're talking a minimum of six months behind. There's an area of weakness. So whether it's, um, processing so they're having trouble decoding letters or remembering their letters or numbers however whichever area is the weakest um, you're going to take the time to um, figure out where the child is sitting once we've done that then we can actually implement a program and the programming is done with fidelity so nothing changes the formatting is always the same so when they come in to see us they're going to sit down and do four strands and if there's homework it's only if the parents want the homework and um and if a child has mastered that skill there's nothing that's left to chance so there's no frustration everything they're doing should feel easy and i say that in air quotes easy it's not it's not meant to be challenging and yet at the same time we're filling in all those gaps so before long, the child's confidence comes up and their willingness to learn uh, increases and their desire to be successful comes. That's amazing. Out. So let's talk a little bit about what parents would be looking for in a tutor. Like what makes a tutor a good, well, you know, what would a parent look for in a good tutor? for lack of a better question. <laughs> they want to find someone who will connect with their child, who is not only interested in getting through the work, but is interested in learning about their child, their hobbies, their interests, their likes, their dislikes, who's willing to take a few minutes at the end of an hour that's been hard and tough to play a game or to be silly or to allow the child to show them something that allows them to shine, to really, to make that fit perfect. You know, you want communication between the tutor and the child. You need a trust foundation that's built so that when you're asking these children who have already had a full day of school, who are already feeling defeated, who are tired and struggling to stay focused at this time of day, that 
you know, what we're doing is worthwhile and that the person sitting with them is really interested in making sure they're finding their success. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds definitely like somebody I would want for my child. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk a little bit about what the process of starting like direct instruction intervention, like what does that process look like? Like from the sort of the moment the parent gets off the phone and says, Hey, I'd like to check this out. Like what can they expect? How does this, how does this process look? So once they've contacted companies, generally what happens is they'll call a a couple of three or four different companies. They'll find out pricing. They'll, um, find out that you need at least two hours a week and it's not one chunk of two hours you need two one hour sessions the amount of repetition that's required for children who are behind is greater so we need more time Uh, you should get an email inquiring about your child's likes and dislikes uh, the policies that are laid down the uh, there should be a an expectation of accountability. The firm should be offering a a monthly report, be willing to sit down with teachers or uh, parents and advocate for your child. All of those things are very important when you're looking for any particular company. Okay. So if they were to see you, like what happens then? Like, is there, um, do you do an assessment? Is there like a protocol in order to, okay. In order to place a child within a program, there is a placement test that's required. So I would come in and sit down with your child for about 45 minutes. We need a quiet place that's not too far removed, but not uh, so busy that it's distracting with a table and it needs to be well lit. And then we would, so if math is an area of concern, then we would do a placement test to determine exactly where to start. And generally we start about three months back of where they're actually below. So if they're in grade two and they're working at a grade one level, we would start at a just in between uh, senior kindergarten and grade one. The idea behind that is that the work is never supposed to be hard. It's supposed to build the skills, but it's also supposed to build confidence. So we come in, we do the assessment, we sit down and we figure out exactly where to place them. And then within a week or two, uh, once the tutor has been chosen and the, um, the books have been uh, put in place, everything is ready to go. And we set up an, uh, a schedule and then we go from there. Okay. So, but generally speaking, like two one hour sessions a week is about the normish. Now, like are the programs, I mean, I guess there's like a, like a sort of, for lack of a better word, like a, is it like a semester where you're like around for a couple of weeks or is it just individual depending on what the parents and the child's needs are? It's individualized depending okay. on what the child's needs are. It is, um, it is not a fast process. You know, there is no guarantee that in three months your child will be finished and we will be discharging them. It is more about mastery. So we're ensuring that your child has every single skill. We're building that scaffolding. Or I guess another analogy, what I use with my children would be that um, right now that particular skill, so if it's decoding, it, it looks like Swiss cheese. 
and we need to make cheddar. So we're going to fill in all those little holes so that instead of having a Swiss cheese uh, foundation, we have a solid cheddar cheese foundation. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it just means like, you know, we got this mastery level we want to achieve and however long it takes us to achieve it is sort of how we, how we go along. Yes. Um, what, what are some things the parent or the child can kind of expect to see with this type of program? Like what sort of success rates? I mean, it's, I guess it's kind of hard to say because it depends also on the, the child's involvement and, you know, like, but what can you, what can parents expect to see? Like self-confidence increasing? Yes. Um, so it, it's a funny process. Initially, you know, we're hoping every parent wants to see success happen as quickly as possible, as we all do. The general idea is that, um, for example, with a reading program, if your child is not reading uh, at a level, grade one, grade two, grade three, we'll say we're down at the beginning of, of the reading level, you should expect to see that confidence will come up. So they'll start looking at words and trying to sound them out on their own, that you'll start seeing a behavior that you've not seen before. And it's challenging to say timing wise, how exactly that would look. Um, The success rate is great. It usually works. This programming works for about 99% of the population. There's always that 1% that uh, won't utilize this program well. And if you have a reputable company, they will tell you, you'll know within the first three months whether the programming is actually doing anything. But again, we're going very slowly. So those steps are, it's like watching a baby crawl and wanting to see them run. So, and then they're pulling themselves up and then they're running. And before you know it, uh, it's quite exciting. I've had parents come back to me with children who are in grade five, who are reading at a grade two level. And it takes about a year, about a year, year and a half for that particular student. And she would go upstairs and catch them reading at you know 10 o'clock at night with a flashlight. And how do you, she's like, how do I tell my child it's bedtime? when I'm so excited to see them so passionately and so absorbed in their book. How do you, how do you discipline that? And I started laughing. I said, I don't, I don't know at this point, I don't know how we do that, but those are, so it's little steps. So it's you, you, it seems like they're crawling for a very long time. And then all of a sudden they're running and you look around and you're like, how did that happen? Right. And uh, it, that's the best. It's the best feeling in the world to know that they have achieved success and you're discharging them going, yay, go out into the world and, and be happy and do wonderful things. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's an amazing story. I love that, you know, um, because under regular circumstances, that child probably wouldn't be upstairs in their room wanting to read. Right. Right. So sometimes what, so what you're saying is, you know, you, you're going to, well, you can expect to see if the program's working is like these little changes in behavior that yes, you hadn't seen sort of before. Do you have any other like success stories or like something that stands out to you? Oh my gosh. Um, there's lots of success stories. No, I guess one of my earliest experiences with direct instruction um, before I went out on my own, I was working for a a company and there was a child that had been hit by a car that had run a stop sign. She was in her stroller and the doctors had told her parents that she would pretty much not do anything 
again. And her mother, so tenacious, was not willing to accept that diagnosis. And so a team of, I don't know, 18 people uh, from various different disciplines was put together. My job was to teach her how to read. And she was... Uh, like her mother, tenacious and stubborn and frustrated a lot because even though we were doing the basics, it was challenging. I mean, her brain had to rewire itself. It had to learn in a completely different fashion. Uh, Two, three years, it took us three years to take her to grade level. And my goodness, what a completely different child. The behavior changed her willingness to, to work hard changed her excitement at sharing the book she was reading was overwhelming and it was just it made doing this you know every time I struggle with a student uh, who's frustrated and unhappy and I'm trying to find a way in to to get to them to figure out their passion so that I can help build that child I come back to the story because she was just amazing she was an amazing child Mm-hmm. Wow! To see the difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which on both, you know, both sides, you know, child, mm-hmm. and and then just the, I guess the sheer joy that parent um, would was all would also experience seeing their child so yes. joyful, right? Yes, I mean, and and not every situation is that extreme. I mean, I have other children who I start seeing in. I have one child that I started seeing in grade three who um who behaviorally struggled who had some executive functioning which is uh the part of the brain that it's like the ceo it's the part of the brain that actually regulates behavior and social cues and all of those things and his confidence was so low that he had become the class clown you know it was better to be silly and act out because it diverted from the idea that he couldn't do the work to being a scholar to, you know, watching him, he worked hard. It was a struggle. We did more than two hours a week, but we were doing more than one program. And so, you know, he graduated at honors at, at the grade eight level. He's since gone on to university and is just, he's amazing. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's amazing to see the difference. It's, it's quite, you know, and sometimes it's little things. I have another student who still sends me his book list. Uh, I no longer see him anymore, but he's like, uh, Miss Vanessa, you need to read this. And so I go and I read that. I've had others that have you know, thrown temper tantrums when you first get there, because of course we're asking them to do hard work that uh, walk out with a high five and a smile on their face. And it's just, it's very rewarding. I'm sorry, I could go on forever. Oh, I, well, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying the, um, the stories and the hope, right? Like, you know, mm. uh, it can be challenge. Like, life is, life is challenging, and nobody said it's. Nobody said when we got here that it was going to be easy, and certainly none of us get a free ticket ride on the easy train, right? But it's so no. beautiful to see hope and like inspiration. I feel inspired by the stories, right? Because it's just like, wow, okay, that's so cool that, mm-hmm. you know, a, a little extra, oh, I shouldn't say a little extra, a lot of extra work and dedication um, and, you know, can take you to these amazing places. And like, 
again, as, as a parent, you know, if you're seeing, you know, it must, like, I would, I would feel kind of, I don't know, heartbroken or down seeing my Mm -hmm. child feeling heartbroken and down. Right. And Mm -hmm. to, and, and so seeing that there's possibilities that there's options and like these things can happen, you know, that puts a little bit of a spark and fire in, in me anyways, Mm -hmm. to want to help them be successful and know that it's possible. Right. I think it's just like knowing that there, there, that there's the possibility for making positive change and opening up your child's world. There are. The nice thing too, after the tutoring is finished, the, the byproduct of tutoring, your child learns that it's okay to ask for help when they're struggling. Hey, I need help. There's no shame in saying, uh, excuse me, can I get some extra help for this particular topic? Or they learn new study skills or they learn you know, how they need to tackle life in general. It's, 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 it's quite my, apparently my dogs have uh, heard something at the, <laughs> at the door. Uh, and I was just worried that this was going to happen. So I'm going to apologize to our listeners. If you're hearing little, little Shih Tzu dogs in the background, uh, protecting yeah. mummy. Um, but I, you know, this has been an amazing discussion. I feel like I've learned a lot and I'm just really hopeful that, um, you know, somebody out there is listening and, and can just see that there might be some hope and, and can reach out and, um, you know, help their child get excited about learning, um, Mm -hmm. and make those, uh, you know, be part of the success stories. Uh, so my final question to you is, you know, if parents do, you know, somebody's listening and they're like, okay, this, this sounds like maybe something that's right for me. You know, how can they, how can they get in contact with you? If they need to reach me, I, uh, unfortunately I don't have a website yet. I am working on that, but, uh, my email address is, uh, available. My phone number is available. Uh, do you want me to give them to you now or do you want to put them in the credits? Or? Um, I will put them into the show notes, but okay. um, you know, somebody might be sitting and listening and has a paper and a pen. So, you know, okay. Yeah. So, what's, what's the email? Uh, email would be one-to-one. So O-N-E to O-N-E dot academic dot services at gmail.com. Okay, perfect. Mm-hmm. And phone number? 289-440-1902. Perfect. And as I mentioned, I will put that in the show notes as well for anybody who may be listening into the car or walking or working out or doing something. Um, you can always go back to the episode and uh, see that contact info um, listed there. So Vanessa, I want to thank you very much. Like this has been very educational and I've really enjoyed learning more myself about it. Um, so thank you for agreeing to do this podcast with me. Thank you so much for thinking of me. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And thank you to our listeners who uh, continue to listen. And if you're new to the podcast, you know, hit that subscribe button to make sure you stay up to date with all the latest and greatest episodes. And until next time, bye for now. Thank you for listening to Living a Better Life podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our show to stay up to date with our latest and greatest episodes. We would also love to hear your comments, suggestions, and reviews. Thanks again. Until the next episode. Bye for now.